Hey, everybody, welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck, and uh, we are so excited you're with us, and especially in the discussions we're having right now, uh, but I love uh, the people I share life with. Uh, Lauren's here, uh, one of my favorite musician singers. Tracy's here, uh, who's, by the way, going to London very soon and has never heard the song London's Calling by Elvis Costello, which we're going to change, and um, then Lauren Janetsky's here, and Tim Roberts is here, and so... Uh, we, we uh, I think, fuel each other's fire. Uh, we get around each other, and, and man, we want to talk about things of the Lord, which with the, all these guys, it just comes up like that. But what's really fun for me is we're willing to talk through some in-depth things. We're willing to even disagree at times. Uh, and, and, and yet, you know what? Um, one of the things that's so cool about our relationship is when we disagree, we really do disagree without being disagreeable. Uh, we disagree uh, without putting the other person down or making reviling accusations or judgment. Yeah. And um, we're going to be talking about the fact that I'm concerned and we're concerned uh, about the idea that there's been a death of truth and a culture, a cancel culture of hate and divisiveness mm -hmm. that is now being claimed by Christians. Mm. Uh, and my concern is that are Christians really living out the call of Christ when we do this. Right. Uh, let me give you an example of that. In Proverbs 3, verse 3, it, say, it says this, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Listen, do not. Like, be diligent. You would never, ever, ever let yourself not be kind or truthful. It says, bind them, kindness and truth, around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. And, uh, you know, I'm saying something you all know, but it's worth talking about. How many Christians today are mean-spirited, divisive, attacking, uh, and they've lost kindness and truth? Uh, I have a friend, Michael Jr., who's a comedian. Mm -hmm. The guy's hilarious. Uh, and I've got to be with Michael. Tim and I, yeah, we go yeah. way back with Michael, yeah, right? Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, Yeah, before he ever even performed in churches. Yeah, we were, right. the, I think, the first church. One of them, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, first. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Truth. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, truth. <laughs> wanna, Tim wants to be truthful on a truthful <laughs> podcast. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, Michael's been a, a friend for years, and he is the kindest guy, and I don't want to get too far off, but when I first came to Crossroads, we were really in trouble, and we needed a boost, and I, I called him up, and I said, Michael, hey, can you come, and I can't even pay you, and he goes, I'll be there, I'll be there, and he came and just started serving the Lord here. Mm -hmm. The guy loves Jesus. Mm -hmm. He helps people all the time, and he, get ready for this, some of you aren't going to like this, he is a speaker on a conference, a virtual conference on the Enneagram, uh, put on by Christians, by the way. But the fact he's on this uh, conference that just happened yesterday, I think it was, all of these people who claim to be Christians started attacking him, slamming him, telling him that they were not going to follow him. They were canceling him. And, and some were saying some of the mean, I won't even quote what they said. And, and they, but here's the thing is they think they're somehow representing Christ. Mm. When the Bible says, do not let kindness and truth leave mm. you. Which, by the way, uh, what they were saying about the Enneagram, which I'm not going to get off on, 
was actually untruthful. Uh, they were, they were, where their information's coming from is not reliable. It's actually misinformation. Um, but that's what I get so concerned about is that when believers move into the living by misinformation and even lies and conspiracy theories, none of which can actually be backed up by what I'd call legitimate websites, uh, legitimate sources of truth. And matter of fact, almost all the people who get caught up in that now call the legitimate sources of truth illegitimate. And it, but it's like there's no re, they have no proof of why where the legitimate sources have research to back them up. Um, and so what happens? This gets scary. Jesus said this. Listen to what he said. He says in John 8, 44, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. The devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar mm -hmm. and the father of lies. So people who move into the realm of believing lies, preaching lies, propagating lies, are not only moving away from Jesus, I believe they're moving into an area of the demonic. Uh, and by the way, please know, I know that's true, and I'm not saying it judgmentally, but I'm concerned. I, I am concerned mm. about that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is that how did we ever get to be a culture as Christians where we would actually not value truth, not value what can be proven, not value what's scientifically accurate and reliable, that research is backed up, that those who are experts are able to point to the valid reasons why they believe it. Um, and by the way, it's, uh, here most of what we're attacking actually... <laughs> actually benefits the cause of Christ, which gets really wild. It actually backs us up. Uh, so why would we let that happen? So I'm going to talk with Tim and Lauren about that today. Lauren, I'm going to start with you, though. Um, you and I both have a background in psychology and counseling, uh, although our main expertise uh, is the Bible and teaching people about the Lord, right? Yes, absolutely. So would you agree with me that most of the psychology we're studying today, most of the current research, most of the new findings just shows that the Bible's right and Scripture's true? Absolutely. We were talking about this just yesterday. Mm -hmm. I just think that the more that we already know about the Bible, psychology just now proves what we already know. And so it absolutely backs up the truth of Scripture. Yeah, and so that's where, by the way, then, when it goes back to what I started with, so why would we as Christians want to throw something out that in the end is a way to, to give a testimony that Jesus is real and Jesus is true? Yeah. And yet Christians are yeah. doing that today. Well, I, I mean, I think you stated so many things in your opening, but there's a temptation here in our culture to find your truth. And that is a buzzword I have heard over and over from non-Christians, from Christians, from those who believe in Jesus, from those who don't. What is your truth? And I think when we get sidetracked on what is your truth, we get distracted from the truth. Amen. And yeah. there is one source of the truth, which is Jesus, That's as right. we all know. And he claims to be truth. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and mm -hmm. I am the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. So I think when we get tempted 
to find these other pathways, we get sucked into our culture. Mm -hmm. And it's totally normal, it's human. And if I can just add that that started in the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis, <laughs> there is a temptation to know and to be right and to have that knowledge of the tree of good and evil. That was the one temptation that Adam and Eve were told not to go into, but it was so enticing because then I will know as God knows, right? So I think this temptation has existed from the beginning of time and we still experience it today. Mm. Yeah, and I always think it's so interesting. How did Satan get a lure Eve in with a lie? Absolutely. Right, with a lie, and she believed the lie. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think even today, Satan's out there. He's, he's luring yep. Christians. He's luring Christians uh, to, to get caught up in lie. By the way, pastors too, uh, which pastors hopefully are Christians, but they get lured into that too. But, you know, Tim... Um, Tim is our creative arts director and, and uh, uh, loves theater, loves performing arts, all those kind of things. Um, so you're very aware of a lot of the culture and entertainment and music and stuff like that. But you're also a father. Uh, you're also a leader of a lot of the next generation people at our church. Have you personally seen and does it bother you if you've seen this death of truth? Uh, yeah, this has been at the forefront for me. I, I mean really as long as I think I've been in full-time ministry, which is around 13 years or so. Uh, and I remember early on learning about this phrase, moral relativism. Mm. And it's so interesting when you dive into it and you learn, you know, it, on the surface, it seems attractive. Moral relativism, what's right for you is right for you, and what's right for me is right for me. Um, and rooted in this moral relativism is you lose absolute truth problem is once you lose absolute truth you don't know which way is up and our world is just spiraling you know you just see these people grasping they're trying to take their next step but they don't have a clue what they're standing on and so when you have phrases like live your truth gosh I, I was in Walmart way back at Christmas time and I saw there was an Elsa pillow you know a picture of Elsa from Frozen and it was beautiful and it was Elsa standing there and it had this beautiful script that said live your truth and I just looked at it. I actually took a picture of it. Oh, my flashlight turned on. I took a picture of it, and I was like, you know, this is so evil. And yet, you know, it probably seems as though it, this is, like, so insightful and so, um, so loving. And if we can teach these kids to live their truth without really thinking about the fact that what's that going to do to a society that is supposed to be built upon truth and yeah. there's no foundation for it to be on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Out. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and you know what I think about, because, you, you know, when you said evil, and we see we, we're going back to the Garden of Eden, Satan started this way, Jesus said he is this way, it's his very nature, he can't stand in truth, he can't stand in truth, so what we see, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not saying it even judgmentally, I just think I, I'm discerning, I'm seeing it, is, and by the way, you and I have a lot of old friends we're concerned about, mm -hmm. We see that they've left truth, bought the lie, and now they are hateful. I mean, would you agree some of the people we know have become hateful? Yeah. I, I mean, at large culture, you know, the, uh, the non-Christians, um, my, my heart kind of breaks for them because they are. They're trying to find this firm footing. They don't know. They, they, they don't know that they're searching for Jesus. They're just searching for truth. Right. Uh, now, on the, the flip side of the coin, yeah, I see these believers and, you know, with everything that's going on in culture and, you know, the, these arguments on both sides of things, to be fair, I think a lot of these people really think 
that they found truth. They, they're believing that they have found, they, they would probably argue that, that, well, no, this is legitimate, this, that, and the other. So they really believe that they have found a truth. Where I would really have an issue with is how they're displaying this truth. Yes. And and no matter no matter no matter the case, as a believer, we're called to look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there are a whole lot of believers out there that look. Um, uh, you're probably gonna get a lot of comments on this. Look more patriotic than they look more like Jesus. Yeah. And I I think that's I think there's a and there's an issue there. I think that it's fine if you really really believe that you found a truth. Um, but if you're not loving and how you're how you're trying to accomplish and sell this truth to other people, you're not looking like Jesus, in my opinion. So certainly not the fruit of the Spirit. So, Yeah, and I think that is that, you know, Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all we have to do is look and see, do we see, you know, love and peace and kindness and gentleness and self-control. By the mm-hmm. way, a lack of self-control is a That's big right. part of what's oh, yeah. going on today. That's right. Um, and, you know, it's just so intriguing, you know, the yeah. kind of... Uh, yeah, there's no gentleness. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. 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 yeah and, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, I've taken quite a few attacks in this season. And uh, Tracy, you'll back me up. It doesn't um, really get to me. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that I've walked around bothered uh, by what is said about me. I'm more bothered by the fact that people think it's okay to say it. And I get mm-hmm. concerned for them. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely do. So, so I, I had a reviling comment made not too long ago, and I'm like, gosh, is this really going to be you? And by the way, what scared me, Lauren, is because they're kids, you know, are pretty young, watching this mom act this way. And I'm like, oh, what are you teaching your kids? You know, mm. so I, I do care. I don't want you to uh, anybody think, well, he just doesn't care. No, I care, uh, but I really think I've gotten to a better place where I don't care what you think about me, <laughs> but I care about you. Yeah. Um, but I really care about Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what view are we showing the world mm-hmm. Because we're supposed to be living testimonies of a Jesus who came and taught us to love even our enemy, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, look at the culture he jumped into, right? Jesus jumped into a culture that was full of hatred towards him because everybody wanted a king and somebody completely different than him. He was humble. They wanted somebody to take charge, to be authoritarian, to boss mm-hmm. everyone around. And then Jesus comes and he lifts up children. He lifts up women. He lifts up the downtrodden the widows and the orphans, and this was counterculture, and people hated Jesus for that, and they put him on a cross, and even when it comes to the end, and he's hanging, or before, when he goes to trial with Pontius Pilate, he said, who would you like me to release, Barabbas, this evil, evil man, or Jesus, and they chose Jesus we want to crucify, and so I think that Jesus himself understands this more than we give him credit for sometimes because we think, oh, he wasn't around today, so he doesn't understand these particular nuances. But we have to look back at his culture and go, he lived it, he breathed it, he showed us that example um, that was counter what we're seeing today. Oh, very much so. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I don't know why, but when you said that, you know, it's so scary because the cry out was crucified Jesus, crucified yep. Jesus. And like I brought up my friend Michael Jr., many people in, on social media crucified him. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying he's Jesus, clearly. I'm just saying, wow, those of us who follow the Lord who was crucified and died for our sins, now do we turn around with the same hatred uh, mm-hmm. that the crowd did calling for his death? And I think, what side are we on at that point uh, mm-hmm. is worth asking. And, and we just really have to do that. 
Tim, what do you think's contributing though to this uh, culture of hate and and this valuing and of misinformation and lies and not owning and and, and recognizing truth? Uh, well, first of all, I mean the enemy. Uh, I think if the enemy can confuse his enemy, mm-hmm. if he can throw in some confusion and get people guessing which side is truth, um, immediately that confusion's in there. And then I, I really believe a lot of it's fear, quite honestly. I think that you have this whole group of people, really on any, either side, they're afraid to either look a certain way or they're afraid that they're going to lose a certain thing. Uh, and then out of that fear, they're really leaning into, um, uh, again, just some real n- not very godly attitudes, not very loving perspective. Uh, and, and they're reacting out of the fear. And uh, again, um, when Jesus came, he, he challenged, first of all, of course, that we're not, we're not to be fearful. He says, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Yeah. You know, each day has problems of its own. I've recently been thinking about what it, in these times, what does it look like to be a believer? Uh, and I think, you know, we live in what some might consider a pretty unjust unjust society it's you know it's feeling like you know there's these potential mandates coming there's oppression coming and a lot of that is coming from you know uh, uh, a potential lack of truth not knowing which is what is right Um, and so these people I think that they feel like you know they want to bring out what is actual truth Uh, but it kind of reminds me like you said it reminds me of the people the the Jews of the day when Jesus did arrive Mm -hmm. and they're like oh here he comes he's going to overthrow this unjust leaders that are around us and he actually said actually if someone stops you and they say go with me one mile which he's talking about a roman soldier right he's saying that mm-hmm. the, the soldiers yeah. had this it was a really unjust a really unjust uh thing that they had um uh where they could stop anybody grab them and say hey carry my pack and go with me one mile jesus said if anybody stops you to do that go with them too mm-hmm. and and he goes on and he's just teaching if you really want to win that person over, shouting them down and trying to post mean tweets about your truth yep. isn't the way to do it. Mm-hmm. You walk with them and you love yep. them. And eventually, if enough believers walk miles with people, yep. we'll look different. It'll be, 100%. yeah, yeah. Yep. I love yeah. this, uh, what you're sharing. I love the fact that we teach that to our kids here at church and then we put it on our YouTube channel. But we've taught these messages for... Um, how to be the bridge, and how to be that connection, be peace. God commands us, as far as it depends on us, be at peace with one another. So how do you be at peace? You listen. You walk with, as you said, I love that uh, imagery and analogy. You invite friends into your home. You ask them their opinion. You don't judge them and cancel them. We talk about cancel culture with kids today. And it's so important that if we can learn these things and teach these things as kids, We're going to raise a generation who will stop what is happening right now. And it's also good for me, as I teach these things, great reminders of what does Scripture say? What does truth say? Mm -hmm. And how do we apply that truth to our lives, not what do we think is truth, and how do we try to fit that and squeeze that into whatever we think Scripture says? Mm -hmm. So it's taking it from the Word to our lives, not from our lives, and squeezing it back in. Yeah, and I, so. that is so important. Yeah, the Word of God is what dictates how we live. We actually have a value here that says that we're passionate that God's Word is the ultimate authority. That's right. And um, I, I, there's a moment I always, I, you reminded me of it, both you guys. Uh, it was a, a while back, but it was here in, in the Corona area 
where um, uh, at, the, at the local Walmart, there was an Islamic woman there with mm -hmm. the whole wrappings and everything, and mm -hmm. she had three kids, one of whom was in her um, in the, um, cart. But the little, little one ran up and grabbed some fruit, and it all went flying mm -hmm. off, the, rolling off, you know, and mm -hmm. she's all embarrassed and trying to figure mm -hmm. out what to do. And one of our SIA guys, one of our college-age guys, ran over and said, let me help, let me help, and let her get back to her kids, and he helped pick everything up for her. And he said, oh, my gosh, and he's laughing and, and playing with the kids. And she looked at him and said, um, are you from that church that loves us? Wow. And he said, mm -hmm. Crossroads? She goes, yeah, wow. the church that loves us. And I thought, okay, that's who I want our church to be. I, that's what mm -hmm. I want to do. Now, mm -hmm. Lauren, that's who you need to date. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Make it happen. <laughs> but, you know, that's what you're saying. You know, how do we... How do we even preach Jesus without showing love yeah. first? You know? That's right. You can't. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, when we, when I was teaching the kids one time, we talked about the vertical and horizontal relationship that forms the cross. The vertical is us with Jesus. And we have to have that. And it has to be strong. And we have to believe him, trust him. He's our best friend. He's our savior. Um, and then we have to have that, that horizontal relationship, which is the love for one another. When Jesus said, I have fulfilled the law with these two commands, love me and love others. He, he wasn't joking. Yeah. He was actually saying, be that, be that love for one another, and that will show people your love for me. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of my heroes is Richard Wormbrand, who is now in heaven. Oh, yeah. But he was tortured in Romania under Ceausescu, who was incredibly vile and, and corrupt and in the personification of evil in Romania. And um, so he was arrested. He was tortured time and again. Mm. And one time they took and they beat him and beat him and beat him. And they, they threw him back in the cell. He could barely speak. And all the other prisoners began to curse and scream at the guards. And he was reaching out for him, going, stop, stop. And he said, no, we need to love our, our, our guards. We oh. need to love mm -hmm. these men. Don't do that. Don't yell. At, you know, and I thought, wow, you know, this is the guys that just attacked you. And then um, the day I got to meet him, uh, I, I, he, his very presence changed me and many of us because he just was so loving, no hate, mm -hmm. no bitterness. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he went through the worst of the worst and they couldn't get him to hate, yeah. Yeah. which I, I think is a telling thing for someone who really loves the Lord. Yeah, Tim, right. what do you think are the consequences of people now who are, are not caring about truth anymore? They're not valuing truth. Um, well, if you're talking at large, both in the community of faith and just in the world in general, uh, you're going to end up lost. Uh, like I said, truth truth gives you a direction. Mm -hmm. You know that you often hear Jesus called our true north. You know, or I have this scripture here when Jesus is talking about the two foundations in Matthew seven twenty four. He says, "Therefore, if everyone." Who hears these words of mine and acts on them, he may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain and the fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall. Uh, and then he said, everybody who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, they will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And I think, I think of I think of that, I th you know, Jesus is truth. We establish that. He, so if we hear his words of truth and we build upon that, we have a firm foundation. And we're going to get slammed mm -hmm. all over, but we're going to be okay. The, the scripture says so. We're going we're gonna to stay standing. If yeah. not, we sink. And I, I, 
one, my heart for believers is that they would get back to that. They would get back to really building that foundation mm-hmm. so that so so when all this misdirection and all this weird stuff that's happening in the culture is coming, hard things in your life, you're going to stand firm on that foundation. Uh, and then I, I picture it in my head, I picture like the world and the non-believers trying to find this truth. And sand, I also kind of picture like, you know, I don't know, you ever seen when they take uh, like at VBSs and they take those um, uh, parachutes oh, and yeah. they and you wobble them around, right? And you throw the ball around, you know? I picture the world like trying to walk around on a ground like that yeah. where it's just wobbling around like crazy and they so badly want to get to there but right now they're down here, so they don't know where their next step's going to go. So they're just doing the best that they can. And then they looked at us, and we're all crazy because now we're <laughs> fighting amongst each other. And it's like, gosh, if we could only look like Jesus. And, you know, he said to love our enemies and pray for our persecutors. Yep. Not, never mind. Yeah, not, yeah, not yell, yeah, not yell. Yeah. And, yeah. It's good. Really good. What do you see happening with this, Lauren? Um, well, gosh. That was a good answer. Um, I I was thinking about the whole concept of how lies, when we allow those to seep into our minds, how they permeate and they replace the truth that we know. And we need to we need to go back the other direction. So uh, Louis Louis Giglio just wrote a new book. Don't let the enemy have a seat at your table. And we can try to fight off this enemy as best as we can on our own. But we don't have the power to do that. But what we do have the power with the Holy Spirit inside of us is to replace those lies with his truth. That's right. So super practically, um, you know, a lie that is hard for me is like, you're going to fail, right? Like, you're not going to be good enough. You're going to fail. And so what do I have to do? I have to write that lie down and go, that is a lie from the enemy that I don't want to have permeate into me. And then I need to write down a replacement truth. Well, you know the replacement truth. You go to God's word, and he says, I am with you always. You know, um, even if others are against you, I will never be against you. Um, He says all these amazing things. And then I need to look back at my life and go, have I failed yet? Yes, yes, I've fallen short, obviously. I'm, I'm human. I'm imperfect. But have I failed God? And the answer is no. I'm a child of his. I am enough. And so I think that the replacement of those lies in this culture with the truth that we need is of absolute necessity for for us because we have to lead ourselves Mm -hmm. and then for our families and our friends and we can help others in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think, too, very very often the um, replacement is, is also a yes and is when I feel myself being angry, I feel yeah. myself wanting to uh, be, you know, act on frustration, sure. mm-hmm. to choose to be patient and choose to be loving. Yeah, that's right. And seek to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the training I yeah. had um, this last recently was being better at asking questions mm. before you make judgments. Um, I was in a setting not too long ago, which I won't tell you all about it, but um, I started hearing something and I'm like, oh, and then I started asking questions. I was like, oh, this is different than I thought. Uh, but I wouldn't have known if I didn't yeah. ask questions and genuinely want to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we should be afraid to ask questions mm-hmm. and do research and, and listen uh, to what's being told. But, I, of course, I do think that you got to make sure you have a legitimate source. That's yeah. right. Yeah, if you don't have a legitimate source, you can be in trouble. And 
So, uh, you know, we need to go to the truthful sources, the ones we can document, the ones we could follow up mm -hmm. on uh, to make sure that we've, we've done a good job before we, we jump to a conclusion and, mm -hmm. and say something. So uh, I'd love to have you guys here today, mm -hmm. and it was really fun, and you shared a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you like our podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe to it so we can get the word out to you. Uh, don't forget, we have a Wednesday night service that's coming, uh, and, and that is one we want to have you be a part of. And our Wednesday nights is geared towards taking people deeper and deeper in their faith and creating a great foundation for them mm -hmm. to stand on. Uh, and so we're going to be doing that this week. Uh, with, by the way, one of the scariest passages in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, I think it really is. Oh, Tracy funny. shared this with somebody, and it got them so scared. It was a man. She got him so scared that uh, he stayed up for hours reading the Bible <laughs> because it really got to him. What, what scared a grown man? That's what's called. So come and be a part of that. And uh, then don't forget on the weekend, we're talking about how you can experience miracles mm -hmm. from God right. because this God who's the God of truth also truthfully told you that he is the God of miracles. Right. And so we want you to experience that. So anyway, uh, I hope that uh, you share this with other people. I hope that you and I live in truth together. Yeah. And I hope we choose love over hate uh, every single time. God bless you guys.